Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Saturday morning, and we are ready to rock and roll this morning. It's our first Saturday morning show this year, and have we got an amazing show for you today. We are pretty excited. We have Ruth Marie Jimenez, who goes to St. Peter's College in Jersey City, and she's going to share, a, this is so much fun, she's going to tell us about how adults and high school students and college students can connect with each other, what's on the minds of college students and high school students today. And we look like we have someone from India who's calling in who's going to be asking questions. So I'm pretty excited about this today. We have, I believe, Dinesh Shaw who's going to be asking questions as well. So, Dinesh, hang on with us as we bring on the guests first. But without further ado, I am bringing on our co-host, Mr. Jay Logan. Mr. Logan, how are you this morning? I am doing fine. How are you doing out there? Oh, I am fantastic. It is a gorgeous day on a Sunday morning. Audience, let's give a hand to Mr. Logan. He is up at 7.07 a.m. in the morning. So that's pretty early for you, Jay. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. It's wonderful being up this early. You know, you can rise and shine when you can start your day off very good and a lot of energy. Yes, it's really great. Jay, we want to hear your illustrious voice. It's a little, little uh, clouded, so we have to hear you clear. You know we have to hear that great voice today. Wonderful. Uh, is it any clear right now? Testing one, two, three. Uh, well, we, I think there's something speaking too close to the phone. So, um, okay. Do you wanna, can, can we hear you now? Yeah. It's a little better? Oh, great. Much better, Mr. Logan. So why don't you bring us right on in to the first, you know, our news table topic for the day. Yes, I want to talk about the state of Minnesota and the online school uh, curricula, uh, which is an online um, uh, program that helps college kids advance their studies online, and it's absolutely free. Well, what has happened in the state of Minnesota is they have, banned Coursera out of the state because it's not in their borders. And it's an old law that says that uh, uh, um, a school like Corsica or online school will, will, can operate within those, does not operate in those borders, that they cannot participate in aiding the other universities because Corsica partnerships with other universities to help kids in their studies. And Corsica is out here in California in Mountain View, and so, basically, these schools in Minnesota has to offer has to offer a registration fee, and if they don't have a registration fee, they can't participate. So, my question to our audience and to you, Gail, is: Do you think it's fair that an online school is booted out of a state, which most of the kids can't afford tuition, and most of the kids are in debt up to thirty thousand dollars worth of debt, and now the state is kicked? course are out so they can't be uh, utilized. So I think that's kind of messed up. Uh, I do. And I want to know what you think about that. Well, you know, I was, it's funny that I was looking at this uh, earlier this morning. 
you know, this is another way, you, you, you know, we have to really look as a country what we're doing with our students. It's already 53% of the students who are coming out of college do not have a job, okay? This does not work, and we want to blame President Obama. Actually, what Obama had to do is go in and balance it out so that all students can go to school, you know? So it's not his fault. It's where the economy is today. And, you know, the thing that bothers me is that we're sending our students, okay, back to school, supposedly accredited colleges. They go and get their college degree, whether online or offline, I mean, or in the, the institution itself physically. And then they don't have jobs, and they tell themselves they need to go back to school and have more debt. And I happen to know that the Coursera thing is where, is as a result, because Minnesota has two schools where one is that, it, within that same article, I believe, Jay, they incur from the Minnesota Art and School Design 30-some-odd-thousand dollars in school debt, and there's another school in Duluth where they incur 41000 That's a nonprofit school. We don't even know the for-profit schools, how much they incur in debt. So what Coursera was trying to do was offer free classes. And so the whole argument is it is a non-accredited and it's free content online why is there an issue? Now, I can understand the state on two levels. How do we know this content is truly, like Wikipedia, is truly the truth in the content being provided to the public, okay? Secondarily, it's not a credited situation. What they could do is look at the content, go and investigate Coursera to see if what they're offering is the best and allow those students to have that. You know, that, that's my thought on it. You know, Coursera is a good situation if we know that the information coming from Coursera is definitely information that is supportive of the environment of uh, people in school. You know what I mean? So right. I guess that's a big response, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's a big response, but it makes perfectly sense what you said. You know, they got to be offering the right curriculum because if they're not, it doesn't matter, really matter. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And you know, and, you know, Jay, before we go on, I truly would like to bring in, we have a caller by the name of Dinesh Shaw who is on with us that I would like to just bring on to find out that if in India, you know, how the schooling system, if they offer free courses there or not, is it okay if we bring this gentleman, if, I mean, from India? I think we should let him in. What do you think, Jay? Let's go. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Dinesh Shaw, how are you today? Mr. Shaw, are you on? You're on with us live on the radio. Dinesh Shaw? A question to Dinesh? Yes, Dinesh, you're on live with Gail Davis and Jay okay. Logan okay. on the radio. And we had a yeah. question for it. We had a question for you, Mr. Shaw. We wanted to know if uh, school uh, school is offered online over there in India for students. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, I just want to thank each and every one of you, and especially the listeners, for giving an opportunity. Oh, no problem. Uh, so, yeah. Mr. Shaw, can you tell us if um, there is is online schooling offered to college students over in India? <laughs> Uh, no, as of now, no. And even if it is, I am not aware of it. And when this opportunity came, I just logged in. 
Oh, okay. Well, Mr. Yeah. Shaw, what we're gonna what we're gonna do? I know that I. I've, do you have any thoughts about online schooling for children? Do you think it should be available to college students in India as well? No. Uh, as of now, no. Most of them are connected overseas. Ah, yeah. so most of the college, most of the students go to college overseas. Yeah, uh, as my son, as of now, is in Rochester Institute of Technology at the New York. Yeah, so expanding on the time and going beyond the barriers or the constraints of the nations. What I experience now, online is one of the best of the thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Shaw, we're going to just put you back on hold as we bring our sure. guests on. Okay. Thank you so sure. much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, without further ado, we're going to bring on Liz Marie Jimenez. Liz Marie, how are you? Hello. I'm good. Yourself? Okay. Welcome aboard, and we're so happy to have you here. Thank you. I am, too. <laughs> and Liz Marie, I would love for you to meet Jay Logan. Jay, this is Luz Marie Jimenez, who's from St. Peter's College and is a student in Jersey City. Hi, Luz Marie. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on our show today. Thank you. And now we've transferred to St. Peter's University. (laughs) Oh, wow. We went from a college university. So, hey, Luz Marie, we're going to ask you a series of questions, okay? And we would just love for you to share share yourself with us. So how is everything going for you today? Everything's going good. Thank you. And so I loved what you shared last week about students and the way in which we can better connect with the younger students. And for those of our audience members who don't know, we once had Tarico's Ice Cream Shop on our uh, show because of the entrepreneurial spirit of uh, Mr. and Mrs. Berrios and their daughter Chrissy Berrios and the rest of their family, and Luz Marie Jimenez is one of the, the students who has grown with the Torito's Ice Cream Shop and which she has learned so much from. Can you tell us what school was like for you in, in, in high school, okay, and, and, how, and now what school was like for you in, 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 what it was like for you in high school and now college, and the way you see that adults make mistakes in connecting with students around furthering their education. So what was high school like for you, then college, and then, you know, the the third thing would be the adults, uh, the mistakes adults make for you, uh, make with, uh, in connecting with students. So start wherever you'd like, Luz Marie. Well, um, in high school it was very rough as far as, like, with the students and personalities, very different personalities, very different characteristics. Um, <clears throat> the you asked about how how they how do you connect with students when they're in high school? No. Well, well, our first question to you was how was high school different? You know, can you tell us what what was like for you in high school and the difference for you now in college? Oh yeah, this, this, like the first thing I said, more of that <clears throat> the attitude change as far as and the atmosphere and the community. When I was in high school, it was you had classes, you had teachers, but and they interacted with you, but not much. Like it was more like you just come to class and you know you just do your work, and if you didn't do your work, it didn't really matter. 
And, I mean, but it also depends what teacher. And then as far as with college, <clears throat> there was a big change because now I've got to meet mature people. I got to meet people that know what they want to do, <clears throat> are ready to move forward, excuse me, and that the community is completely opposite to of the community in high school. The community in college, um, as far as professors and students and just enrollment services itself, they're very, well, specifically for my school, they're very warming, meaning as they they take you in, um, it becomes more of a personal attachment, I guess you can say, whereas you can have a direct communication with your professors. You can talk to them. Um, they'll talk back to you. They'll give you some pointers. Um, but you do have to do things on your own. You know, it's not the same thing as high school where they, I feel like it's more of a baby than in college where you don't have that. You have to be more independent and do your own thing. Wow. Well, Jay, I know you have a question for her next around. Yeah, I sure do. Um, Maya, that call you losing? Is that okay? That's fine. That's perfect. <laughs> Okay. Well, I want to know what is it that adults, adults are not getting about the way to connect with younger students uh, who are not in high school yet? What, what, what are they not getting? What are the adults not getting about the way to connect with? Sorry. Just in general, what Jay is asking is what is adults not getting about uh, students who are not in high school yet? What what is it we don't get? Oh well, they're not understanding that students don't just want to hear something. They don't want to hear, oh, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that. They want to be more active. Everything's more about activities. Um, a perfect example I can give to you is it's something small, but it's also an activity that is hold after school. The Dare program. The Dare program allows students to get out of the streets, but also communicate with adults, with older adults that are like as a cop or as someone that's been to jail or, or for instance, examples. So when adults approach the situation by acting, by doing activities with students that are not in um, college yet, they get to feel more comfortable, they listen more, they cooperate more, they understand that the life is hard, that you have to work for yourself, whereas whereas as far as if you don't pay attention to them and you don't give them a direct, um, like, action and you don't act upon something, then they just, it's, you're just talking to them. They're just hearing you talk like everyone else. It's not something personal. It's not a connection. Do you know what I'm saying? I get it. Yeah. No, yeah. Though, do you have any questions? Any more questions around that, Jay? Because Jay has a daughter, so I know he has some questions around that. So, so most most of the young people, they're not about talk. They're about action. They want to they want to be active. And I, I see yes. that. I have a I have a twelve year old daughter, and um, she's doing quite well this year in school. But at the same time, a lot of the teachers they can't seem to uh, communicate with the younger kids. Um, and um, so now I understand what you're saying now, that um, 
kids want to be part part of something and not just yes. it and talked down to. Exactly. So, hmm. just Thanks. just like a direct a direct communication, like for a perfect another perfect example is kids want to feel liked, so they now the big situation that we're having is bullying. Kids are bullying because they want to feel that they're part of something. Huh. You know what I'm saying? They want to feel like they're part of something. If they don't feel like they're part of something, they're just bored. They're going to be bored. They're not going to want to listen. There's nothing to move forward to. There's nothing to look, to look up to. You know, Jen, this is interesting because she's talking about bullying, and the other day, Jelena was in school, and it was this girl, they were playing punch in the arm. So, you know, one would punch the other one. That don't hurt. Then it gets worse and worse and worse. And that's a form of bullying. Yeah. And then finally, I mean, I said, Jelena, why would you want to even do that? Well, she hit me first. It's not even about anything. It's just, like you said, they want that attention. And eventually, you know, the girl said, well, that hurts. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to get punched anymore. But, I, you know, you can hurt somebody doing that, those activities there. And I can see how they get bored real quickly. You know, that's something I would share with Jill. Well, Ruth Marie, I would like to ask you, just based off what Jay said, a student in that situation, now that you're in college and you can look back, what advice would you give someone like Jay's daughter or some students out there who are listening to you now? What advice would you give them? Well, I would definitely say don't feed into it because what society is teaching the, gen- the younger generation, especially now, um, is that that's the cool thing to do. That's what makes you someone, you know. It's not more about now, you know, your focus has to be in education. And like you said, Gail, before, you know, education is costing a lot. And a lot of students are not going getting jobs after they graduate, you know. And it's like you have students paying these loans and they're just like, where's my job? So if you have these kids that are just like wondering, well, What's the point? Like, I'm not going to get a job when I graduate college, so what's the point of going to college? Rather than them have it, having them be like, well, you know what, there is a point. I'm going to get somewhere. And then these kids are just following into what society now in this generation is telling them that it's the right thing to do, which is, like, just follow the lead. Because then if you don't follow the lead, you're the one that's going to be bullied. Okay, this is, if you I don't, mean, if, you know, this is so great. So you know, Jay, we're about to veer off of our questions here. I have to go here. <laughs> you know, my question is here, then, Luz Marie, what, so if children are feeling that there's no jobs out there, I'm sure there must be kids, even in college and high school, saying, what's the sense of going to school if I'm not going to have a job? What would you say or what can we as adults do to support that situation so that they do go to college and know that it's worth getting that education? Well, we need to give them examples. And the examples have to be people that they can link up to, people that they admire, someone that they see as a high class and someone that is making it in life. It can't be you. It can't be the parent because with the parent, we're always like, well, whatever, that's mommy, that's not me, or that's daddy, that's not me, you know? That's not the reality of life. My parents are just trying to instruct me into the right path. But if you give them an perf- uh, example of um, an artist or, I don't know, a hockey player, a soccer player, a basketball player, a football player, and you give them how their life turns out to be, being the fact that they went to college, then that's when they see it as more realistic. 
we we just have to feed the children the correct things. We have to tell them the correct words to make them feel like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get somewhere. You know, but it's also through examples. <clears throat> like I said, everything's about action, so you have to give them examples. Not examples of yourself because we're more like, Oh, you know, my parents are just gonna tell me what the right thing to do but that's not reality. But if they see examples of people that they that interest them or that they admire, then they will take action. Well, you know, Jay, we have, she's pretty much answered all our questions, so let's just veer off here. And, you know, what questions do you have for her? Um, I just wanted to know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in what you just said. I just wanted to say a couple of things about what you just said. So basically, kids, when they see mentors, people that are successful, come to their schools, show them that there is a way out, that affects the kid better than a parent a successful parent saying, look, I've done this, I went to college, I've done that. So that's basically what you're saying, uh, Lucy. Yeah, and that's from my personal experience, my personal view. When my mom was telling me, you know, I did this, I did that, it's like, yeah, but that's my mom, you know. It's more like that's typical. You're going to tell me you had good stories because you want the best for me. But you don't know it's so much true because you haven't seen it. How how wow. transitioned? How has transition been for you coming from um, high school to college? Well, transition for me, it was it wasn't too hard just because um, the fact that my my school has a really small community, so I was able to interact with everyone, you know, very frequently. But the transition, as far as like the student level, it was completely different. Like, you have students that want to hear about politics. You have students that want to hear about further education, going to law school, going to get their doctors, getting their master's. Rather, as in high school, you didn't even have kids that were even thinking about, even in my senior year, they weren't even thinking about college yet. They still haven't even applied to college their senior year. Wow. Wow. This yeah. Is so, this is... This is this is really great. You know, Lucy, we really thank you because you're illuminating so much here. And we think that it's, you know, this doesn't apply across the board. It doesn't matter what ethnic group, what um, economic group you're in. This is how all students really, really think, you know. And, you know, one of the things I would like to ask you is you shared with us, you know, a little bit of the high school and all that, but what I'd like to know is what, is really on the minds of college students today, Lucy. What is really on their minds? They're worried about the job market. Hmm. They're worrying about the job market. Am I going to get somewhere with this degree? Am I not? Is my bachelor going to be good enough to get me somewhere so I can then get my master's? Or do I have to only get my doctor's in order to go somewhere? This is the This is the mentality at this moment where it's like, you're stuck because you don't know what are your chances going out to the wow. society right now. This job market has slowed down completely. You you see a lot of things that that a lot of jobs that are being taken away that are needed. You know, teachers losing their jobs. This is things that are needed. Cops that lost their jobs. These are people that we need in this society to help the crime level go down. Wow. 
You know, if you think about these people, you know, these people that have that have jobs that we need in today's society and every every generation, we always gonna need uh we're always gonna need these jobs. And if that's what's happening now, you can only imagine what's going on in the student's mind. Or am I really gonna get a job? I have a question, Lucy. Do the students ever look at, I'll start my own business, I'll start my own school, you know, things like that. And also, here's a statement I want to make and a question, too. You know, Jay and I were talking about earlier about the fact that there are student loans. You know, does it make sense for the student to go back into school because in that moment they can't find a job and incur more debt, okay, because of the fact that, they don't have, um, they weren't able to find a job. Now they incur another debt to get their master's and another debt to get their PhDs, and they still don't have a job. Now they have all these student loans they have to pay back with a fixed uh, rate, that, a fixed interest rate, or variable yeah. interest rate that has to be paid. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it, it's hard to try to make the, to actually surpass that thought and made the decision that you're actually going to go for your master's and your doctorate just because you see the reality on a paper. You know, you see the reality telling you on a paper that you are in major debt, and if you sign for this loan, you will be getting to yourself into another debt, which realistically speaking, then that ties into if you get into a debt now when you're so young, what are your chances of being able to buy a home? owning your own home, of owning your own business. How would that be possible if you're in so much debt and when they come look at your credit score, your credit score is going to be shot? Wow, wow. So you're actually carrying your future on your back before you even get started. Yes, and I'm carrying my future and I'm carrying the school now. (laughs) You know, as far as school work and the, the loans that I've already got now. And this is only me going for my bachelor's. So when I go for my master's and my doctorate, how much harder is that going to be to carry both? Jay, do you have any questions for Lucy? Yeah, but this is amazing because when we were coming up, we didn't have as much, uh, it didn't cost as much to go to school. And, and when you go for your doctorate, that costs like three, four times as much, which is really sad because uh, that's a whole different ballgame to carry that uh, weight on these young people. But, uh, I you know, my daughter's 13 years old, and I'm going to ask your advice. With a daughter that's 13, how can I encourage her to get better grades and do better? What, what, what would I have to do? You know, she's only 13, so give me some suggestions. Well, I think that you should definitely show her the facts. Um, I mean by this, you should show her the statistics of people that do graduate. Because due to and those that don't graduate due to the fact of financial issues, I think you need to let her know that the reality of the game right now, as far as the school, you have to have a good good grade. You have to have a good GPA in order to get a scholarship. In order to get a scholarship, you have to have good grades. You have to present yourself well. You have to be well spoken. There's a lot of characteristics that tied into. You have to know how to write. Because you have to write an essay stating to them, you know, why you should receive the scholarship. I'm a student myself that I have a scholarship and I have um, various also awards in school, which I'm happy about. But that's because 
I had to work hard in high school to be able to get good grades to be able to obtain that scholarship. And how 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 did how do you how did you stay out of you know uh, trouble you know getting to high school you got all the peer pressure from your friends what enabled you to go to to college and, and be able to steer away from negative uh, things? Well, the funny thing is that at first, sorry about that. The funny thing is that at first, you know, you do steer into the negatives because reality is it's high school. It's more a little bit more freedom than grammar school. You know, your teachers are not calling your parents all the time and let them know what's going on. If you failed an exam, if you, you know, if you your midterm grade was an, a D, parents are not having this direct communication in high school as much as they were in high in grammar school. So when they transition to high school, they can they're like, wow, this is like freedom. You know, this is like when high school students transfer to college do the whole transaction of going through college, and then when they go to college, they're just like, wow, I could have complete freedom, and they go crazy. But then you have those that actually still study. <laughs> but you do have those that, you know, they want to go have fun because they actually have freedom. So I feel like as far as high school, to not get under the whole peer pressure and everything, you can have friends. You can hang out with the cool kids. You can hang out with, you know, the friends that study as well. How about you sit there and hang out with both of them? Share your time. Maybe this way you can still be like, okay, you know what, I don't feel like I'm a loser. But then at the same time she can feel like, you know what, but I'm becoming someone. I'm still getting B's. I'm still getting C's because now I have a study group. Wow. You know, I, I, have, two, I have two questions for you left, and then, and then we're – I mean, this is amazing. I could go on with you for an hour. Um, Lisa <laughs> One of the things we talked about last week at the ice cream shop was, you know, so this is what I want to share with the audience. Rosemary works in an ice cream shop where it brings the adults and the children together every single day. And I'm learning so much about her now. I'm so proud of her because I've watched her grow, and I really am proud of you, Rosemary. You've done oh, such you. an amazing job. And what I want to ask you, I'm almost in tears here because I've watched you grow. And one of the things I want to ask you is, we talked about role models for the high school students, that how we can get them to relate. Like we talked about Jay-Z, from the project yes. to now the boardroom of Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, owner of the Nest, married, a father with a child, all over the world. And all the kids see that it's something that they can relate to as money, but it's what he used to get there, okay? And now he's yes. going back telling kids about going to school. Is that one way for us to reach the high school students and kids younger? Yeah, just like I was saying, I was telling Jay, you know, as far as with children not listening to parents and seeing their their examples, they need to see an artist. They need to see someone that they admire because when they see that success, that's someone that they're looking up to. Wow. And when they see that success, they're just like, you know what? If he did it, I can do it. You know, for example, Jay, your daughter at least is not in the streets. You know, she's not like Jay-Z. But she probably feels like I still want to be the cool kid, for example. So <laughs> you tell her, look what Jay-Z went through. Jay-Z was in the streets. Jay-Z was doing this, was doing that. You can give various examples because he has various testimonies. And then you just be like, you just tell them, but look at the reality of it. Look where he's at now. 
like Gail said, a family man. You know, he's still making <laughs> he's still making millions <laughs> or millions, <laughs> and he's still being successful. And he's he's trying to encourage these young kids out here as well before they they self destruct. You know. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Ruth Marie, we're out of time because we have the next guest coming on. But what I want to ask you is, please, what is your message that you want to leave students, high school, younger, college students, and adults? What is your message for them today? Thank you. You've been so amazing with us today. What is your message for them before you. you leave? Thank you guys for listening as well. And um, my message is to parents, act on everything you do. Go to go with your kids to go get ice cream, interact with them, but make them feel like you're also friends. But most importantly, they're parents, but make them feel like they're actually you're actually friends, just so like that they can have that confidence in you and be able to tell you what's going on in school. Because if you can, if your child can tell you I'm being bullied in school, you can help them out. If your child is telling you I'm failing the class, you can help them out. But they need to have that confidence to be able to feel and that comfort to know I'm going to go to mom or dad and I'm not going to get attacked. So wow. they need to feel that. <clears throat> and also to students out there, I want you guys to know that everything is possible. Everything is possible. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And this is from my personal experience. If I was to tell you my testimony, which I would love to, just so that you guys can get an understanding, you guys would see that everything truly is possible. Nothing is easy and nothing comes to you just to be given to you. You have to work hard for it. So work hard for it and get that scholarship and go to college and do it. Well, I thank you so much. And I know that Jay does too. This has been Mm -hmm. amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. And you know Thank that you guys for listening. Thank you for no having me. If you want to listen, and we'd love to have you back again. Would you want to come back again one day with us? Yes, that would be great. <laughs> I would. Okay. All right. And thank you so All much. Right. You know that you have the link to continue to listen to the show. And next yeah. up is Karen Rudolph. <laughs> Thanks so much again, Luz Marie, and have a wonderful day. You too. Bye, Luz. Well, next up, I mean, we're go- we don't even have our news break today, Jay. This is wonderful. We're going right into Karen Rudolph, who is with Tranquil Solutions. She is a life coach, and we all think we know what a life coach is and what they provide, but we really don't. And so as Jay and I have had a life coach, Jay and I can attest to the fact that they really do move your life to the next level. Would you agree, Jay? Yes, I would. I would. Very important. Yes. So we're going to bring on Miss Karen Rudolph. Miss Rudolph, how are you today on this Saturday morning? I am doing awesome. Thank you so much, and thank you for the opportunity. I love it. Oh, and no I love problem. Your guest, your prior guest, uh, was talking about it. it. Was just so rich. So thank you. It, yes, yes, and thank you because this is a gift for us and the audiences. You know, so Karen, I want you to meet Mr. Jay Logan, who is our co-host here. Jay Logan, this is Miss Karen Rudolph. Hello, Jay. Jay, did we lose you? <laughs> oh, here, yes, we did. <laughs> He's back on. Mr. Logan, I guess we lost you. Mr. Logan, this is Karen Rudolph. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, Jay? 
I'm doing fine. I heard a little bit of what you were saying about the prior guest, and then I, it kind of shot me off there. But I'm I'm glad that you were listening to her, and I'm glad that you uh, like what she was saying. And I'm glad to have oh, you on our Thank you. Well, yeah. thanks, thanks for being with us today. And we would like our audience to know you are a life coach, all right? Yes. yes would ma'am. you share with us what a life coach is? Oh, boy. Uh, a life coach actually wears many hats. And I like to really sum it up by saying not only do we coach, but we mentor and teach. And there's a a space of listening for people's greatness in that. So people get themselves so they can actually connect with themselves, create that balance so they can create, well, not create, connect with other people out there to really empower themselves out in the world. I think that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> wow. Karen, this is Jay, and I wanted to know, what are the benefits of being a life coach? Um, well, you know, there are many, 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 many life coaches out there, and everybody has their own little niche and their own little, you know, contribution to bring to the table. Uh, so uh, benefits for having a life coach is really somebody to hold you to account, somebody who you can go to, whether it be a project, it could be something as small as wanting to clean and organize your garage. I mean, I'm not there to hold your hand and clean and organize with you, but I can help you put the structures in to have that done, as well as something as big as doing a business project or a school project or just getting stopped. Most people think that when they have one little stop, that their whole life stops. And usually it's just one little belief system that they've been carrying around for a long, long time that just needs to be shifted. And I'm trained to listen for that and really create that space for people to get out of that really quickly uh, with effective and efficiency. So that's, that's predominantly what it is. I mean, there's so much to it. There's truly so much to it. It doesn't sound like a lot that we do a lot up front, but there's a lot for myself. There's a lot behind the scenes. I map everything. I do everything visually for my clients so they get it instantaneously. I'm not here to drag them on for years. I'm here for them to get what they came to get as quickly and as um, effectively as possible through the use of visuals. So I do a lot of behind-the-scenes work with them and then come back and really just have conversations with them, see what they align with, what they're about, and really get into their heads, so to speak, and see what they really, you know, you might say one thing, but in actuality, your actions are saying something else. So I'm there to, like, really call them out on that and say, well, you know, let's see what we can do, you know, and really find that balance. It's all about finding balance. Well, you know, Karen, one of the things I would like to ask is, you know, it might sound like a redundant question. That's what it, the benefits are. I'd like to know what life coaching really offers people, you know. Where if you could take what you've just shared with us to the next level, what does it offer people? What does it, you know, provide for them? Well, first off, it provides an opportunity where you don't have to do it alone. You know, you have a, a buddy, so to speak, to talk to. You have a buddy to um, to really... Uh, sound things off. It creates, you know, two minds are better than one. Uh, I'm not here to give my opinions or judgments, and I don't put that onto my clients, nor do I 
I can contribute. I should say what I do is I can contribute, be that other mind, and contribute other ideas so it expands the the effectiveness. Um, you know, there are people who are looking to lose weight, you know, and I just hold them to account. You know, this is what you say you're going to do. By when you're going to do it. And, you know, let's see if there are some creative ways we can put a, something together for you. And it's not just about weight loss. It's not just about projects. It's about really getting yourself and getting yourself out of your way, your own way. And sometimes you don't see that. People don't see that. So that's what I'm here to do, and that's what life coaches are here to do, is to support people in getting themselves, get themselves from sabotaging themselves and get themselves out of the way. Hmm. Interesting. Karen, um, can a life coach be used to support youth, young people? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love nothing more than to see more life coaches in place for the youth um, as um, as uh, Lex Marie was just saying a little while ago, you know, sometimes it's not just the role of the parents. I mean, it's the majority of the role of the parent to, you know, teach and mentor the um, the students, their children, et cetera. However, parents aren't always equipped to do that all. You know, we can't be everything for everybody. And that's where a life coach would step up because then we provide that space that's you know, a parent or a mentor cannot provide. And just lend them guidance and predominantly lend them the listening that they really need at that age, you know, so that they can step into their greatness and, and become as powerful as Perry was, you know, and I'm clear she's going to be very, you know, huge in her successes in the world. So. Wow. Um, I have a question, and it's, it's, a, it's a great question, I think. Um can life coach be used to help the terminal ill, you know, uh, people who are, who are at the end or cancer or need a picker-up or what you call Is that something that could, uh, life coaching could be used for also? And could you absolutely. explain how? Uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, Jay. And I like to personally, I don't like to consider life coaching helping people because we're not here to fix anybody. You know, we're here to support people. So I prefer the term support, and yes, absolutely, we're here. We can support the terminally ill. Uh, again, it takes a special a special type of personality to be able to do that. Um, and basically, it's just there to be with, listen to, and really get, make sure those people are uh, complete with what they they're here. You know, we're all here for a short period of time, and you know, if we want to feel that we contributed or, you know, sometimes it's just creating a, comfort, a level of comfort for people, you know. I'm wondering, this must take a lot of energy out of you, the client, and the life coach. Is it, is it draining after the end of the day, Karen, after you get home and take a deep breath? Is that a lot of energy <laughs> to them from <laughs> I just want to know. Well, I have the luxury. I have the luxury of working out of my house, and yes, it does take a lot. But again, what I've learned through my practice over the last five years is instead of getting attached to everybody's uh, circumstances and you know their life challenges, what I do is I allow myself five minutes between each client 
where I get up and physically sort of shake it off and sort of, you know, sometimes I'll just go for a walk outside. Uh, I've set myself up in a beautiful wooded area, so that's that sort of fills my well of re-energizing me so I can be on for all my clients, you know, and, you know, I go on the water. Anything around water really energizes me. So I think that's really the key for being a really awesome life coach personally is by able to, being able to take care of ourselves so we can take care of others. You know, um, it's funny, Jay, that you would ask that question because I think you would have to admit that we were a bit of, a bit much for our life coach. <laughs> so I think it would probably be that we drained the life coach. Um, <laughs> I, I think you remember those days, Jay, both you and I. Um, but one, one of the things I would like to ask you, Karen, is what inspired you to become a life coach? And if it's okay, if uh, you could explain the differences so that Jay and our audiences will understand the differences between help and support. Yes, uh, I'd be happy to. Um, let me start with help and support, if I may. And again, just to reiterate what I've said earlier, um, helping for me as a communicator, okay, I have a communication background as well, and uh, as a communicator, what the word help, the intonation of the word help, you know, is basically I'm looking to fix something. Nobody needs fixing. Nobody wants to be fixed. Nobody is certainly going to hire a life coach to be fixed. You know, so when you're coming from an empowerment space, if I'm looking to support somebody, you know, I'm being hired to support them in what they're up to, then it really communicates to them that there's nothing wrong. They're in a perfect space. All they're looking to do is expand that perfection already. So as far as what, you know, did that answer your question? That did, yes, it did. And I wanted to know what inspired you to be a life coach. Well, what inspired me to be a life coach is I, um, I originally was a nurse by trade, and I put that aside to raise my family. And... Um, after going through a hellacious divorce, I really started looking at what was missing in my relationship. And I was clear I loved my husband, I loved my family, and we just talked on two different languages and we didn't understand each other. So I was clear that that was never going to happen to me again. And the more I got thrown into communication and understanding and different courses and different uh, certifications and such, I really got that as individuals, if we don't learn to talk the same language as our partners, you know, or at least accept the same language as, as our partners, you know, we're always going to be in that space of, well, I shouldn't say always, but it would be more challenging to be in that space of communication where it's just easy and, and free-flowing. So uh, I took that on, and I took it on with a passion and a vengeance, and it's just taken me, I've taken my holistic background and my nursing background into my coaching present day. And I'm actually taking it one step further now and incorporating animals into that scenario. Wow. I, you, um, um, I have a question to ask you. In today's world, <laughs> what are some of the challenges you and your clients face? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges, um, <laughs> one of the biggest challenges I find, is that um, a lot of potential clients, you know, love the idea, but they don't think they're worth it, 
or they'll rather, you know, spend their money on something that, um, you know, it's an int- coaching is an intangible thing. It's not like I can bring them a product and say, here, look at it, and this is exactly the results you're going to get. You know, what I do is I uh, the challenge is really getting through to a client that sometimes taking that money that you would have gone out to the movies with and dinner and smoking or drinking or whatever your challenges or whatever you're spending your money on, having spending it on a life coach would be far more, take you further into the future of what you're really up to and what you're really looking to accomplish in your life. You know, we all come here with that question of why are we here on earth and what's our purpose and, you know, what's our passions and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. you know, I take them through that journey, and it's a journey. I mean, it truly is a journey, and that's I think that's best sums it up with life coaching. It's taking the client through a journey to find out what's what's really going to rock their world and make them become alive in the morning, getting up out of bed and wanting to participate in life instead of being in their stories of, oh, my God, life is over. You know, I've got these circumstances going on, and, you know, and I just can't function. So I get all that circumstance out of that way, and we just sort of weed through that and, like, really identify it in such a way that they really get it. But it becomes a challenge because it's very confronting. And if you're not willing to do the work, the work will never work. So, um, you know, it's really you've got to be prepared to be confronted, you know, with any life coach, not just myself, you know. And we do, you know, it's done gently. It's not done like, oh, my God, you do, you know you got to do this or you got to do that. It's just, I, I personally like to do it with a little more fun, play, and ease because this way it translates as no significance. You know, we're just in this journey together, and I'm here to support you on that journey, and, and I really get how great you are, and I'm here to see that you get how great you are. And that's been not a challenge. You know, I just turned your question around. It's all good. Well, one of the things, one of the other things I wanted to know, Jay, I just wanted to slide another question in here, is that you know you said that when you coach, you ask people about the buy when date. You know, you say you want to do this, so by when are you going to take these actions to do it? And for people who have never had a life coach, that can be confronting. Like, who is she to tell us by when? And all of these things. What? How do you deal with that? What do you do when you encounter absolutely. those issues? Well, absolutely. And again, you know, it's done very gently. It's not, and I don't necessarily, depending on the client, because I really get into their world and see what my client's needs are, and then I'll tell them, you know, we'll go through how I work and what the structures look like. And instead of necessarily saying my when, I'll ask them, you know, what they were talking about you know, uh, getting a project done, you know, well, when would you like to see this project done? And they'll say, like, you know, a year from now or something. And then I might interject something like, well, have you considered the possibility of being able to do it sooner? If you were able to do it sooner, when would you think that would be attainable? And all of a sudden, a new possibility comes alive. And they're like, wow, I hadn't looked at that before. And then what we do is we sit down and we actually work together on creating, you know, a an an agreeable opportunity for them to uh, that's attainable. Because if you do it too soon, they get overwhelmed. If you put it too out, far out in the future, it gets lost. 
So it's really creating that space. Of, it's their choice. I'm just guiding them into that by when. Unless, of course, they have a deadline and then they know it by when it needs to be done. Uh, a by when is just something to allow me to support them and holding them accountable. Wow. I was I want to ask Karen, is meditation part of uh life coaching? And would you say that the future is not some place we're going, it's some place that we're building? Is that something that goes along with being a life coach? Uh that's a big one. Um Jay, to answer your question, uh, life coaching is not about medicating whatsoever, and I am not an advocate personally of medicating, period. Oh, I, I, uh, I meant meditation. Medita- meditation, sorry. Medication. Uh, there is no Medi- medication involved. As I said, you know, I am not No, here. no, he, no, he said meditation. Meditation. Oh, meditation. Thank you. <laughs> the phone line sounded like medication twice, and I'm thinking, wow, okay. Uh, meditation, yes. Uh, actually, I'm a licensed heart math specialist, which is all about stress management, and I usually take my clients through a journey. Part of their journey is really uh, centering themselves before we start because as soon as you kick in every single um, vital organ and every system, works together for you to create the clarity so you can be present and effective and efficient. So I do take them through, more so in the workshops, I will actually take them through meditation. Um, On a phone call, I'll just have them present themselves to their breathing and really take them through an effective way of breathing where they really feel a difference and and something shifts. Did that answer your question? The second part of that is what you say, the future is not some place we're going, but a place that that we'll build in. Yes. Um, (laughs) The future is something. um, I'm still on the medication. (laughs) 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 Maybe um, the future is the place that um, I think, I believe that coaching is becoming a bigger option out there for for people to choose. You know, um, a lot of people will choose going to counseling. You know, I'm not a counselor. I'm not here to counsel anybody. I'm here to support people. And not that counselors don't support. They just do it on a different level. You know, I'm here for for what's working right now, and let's put in how we're going to expand that to really get you to where you want to be, create that balance in your life in every area of your life. You know, nobody is completely balanced. I'm not completely balanced in every area of my life. doesn't mean I don't work to create that space of balance, but I can, I've can. i gotten the tools, and this is what I give my clients, is the tools to be able to create it, like, really quickly and shift into that space. Well, Karen, I, we have, I believe we have a question from Mr. Dinesh Shore, who has called in from India. So we're going to bring Dinesh Shore on and see if he has any questions for you. Ah, pleasure. Okay. Hello, Dinesh from India. How are you? You're on the radio live with us again. Yeah. Mr. Shore, do you yeah, have any questions? being with you people. Thank you. We'd like to know if you have any questions for Karen Rudolph, who is a life coach. Do you have any questions for her? Yeah. Uh, 
uh, what i got no like uh, she is a life coach but the yeah. life is begins being a kid to being the eldest one uh, so, so what is your question for her sir yeah i repeat uh, me being a baby to being the eldest one there are so many dreams and so many questions are there mm-hmm. and the life coach is one if i acknowledge them then i expect answer from them to forward myself okay yeah so, so what would your what would, what would your question be from this rudolph yeah so life coach is someone who is like a a must for each and every one yeah that's what i'm getting so no wow. specific question to karen but what she's contributing no yeah well, thank you that's yeah, like awesome thing thank you so yeah thank you thank you i know what Thank, Thank you. you, Janesh. I really get that, mm-hmm. you know, that you're believing that everybody needs a life coach. I would love to believe that, too, because it it does create a space of moving forward momentum, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, well, well, Karen and Dinesh, we have run out of time, and Jay, thank you for all being on. And Karen, yeah. can you let thank everyone you. know where they can find you at? Yes, uh, I can be found on the in, uh, certainly on Facebook. I am all over LinkedIn, Facebook. My website is www.tranquil, T-R-A-N-Q-U-I-L, soul, S-O-U-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. And thank you so much for the opportunity, both Gail and Jelia. It's been a pleasure. Well, everyone, this has been an amazing Saturday show. If you want to find... Karen Rudolph is at www.tranquilsolutions.com, www.tranquilsolutions.com. Everyone, thank you. Jay, as usual, it's peace out, and everyone have an amazing Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, that show was good.